0: This is the municipal.
1: Have you been paying attention to like city stuff?
0: Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, to point that <laughs> finger at you. My answer was that would be yes <laughs> and no.
1: My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at
0: the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to vote. Ult- And welcome to another brand new episode of The Municipals. I'm Matthew. And I'm Philip. And we are joined today by Mr. Reginald Tull. Welcome to the show, Reginald. Thanks for having me. You know, we were supposed to have our roundtable tonight, but I guess with the announcement that happened Friday evening, people have done a double take, maybe a, a 23 take, and... Uh, uh, it's gotten crazy, crazy. Um, Reginald, we did a bonus episode that we released this morning. Uh, we did it over the weekend. I- I'm just curious, uh, can you describe where were you and, and when you heard uh, the news? And-, and initially, what was your reaction?
2: I was, um, <laughs> I was coming out of Walmart and and I got a phone call from a friend, a close friend of mine. And he asked me, are you running for mayor now? I'm like running for mayor. That's, that's not, It's almost four years from now. And he's like, uh, no, 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 Look at the news. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and I said, um, why, what's up? And he said, no, I'm not going to tell you, look at the news. Right. So, so when I looked at the news, I saw it. And um, initially I was, thinking about all the hard work I put in all the finances that were put in. And just, it it was just a strain on everything running. And um, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't so motivated and excited to say like, okay, great. I'm running for mayor. Right. But as it settled, then it started, it started to build up and say that, you know what, this is, this is the time to go for it because it's 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 now um Toronto needs change that's what I was campaigning on the entire time and um and without the eclipse in the way and the eclipse meaning John Tory he was the eclipse of the media he was blocking everybody out you know there was only two people that they were actually talking about and Toronto did not get to see the other people who were running for mayor so now with the eclipse out of the way i think it's going to be a fair a fair race for everybody to start at the at the starters line well not not exactly fair some will start a little ahead because they got a little more exposure from the media but at least nobody's going to be lapping anybody else in this
1: no but reginald that's actually like that's a really great point uh we'd brought it up earlier where it's uh you know they you know the last election had such a low voter turnout Uh, An earlier guest of ours has suggested that it was not enough people were upset with the job John Tory was doing. And I'm sure there's truth to that. I've said that and I'm not disagreeing with him. But I also feel like maybe a lot of people were not motivated to vote or go out because they felt like it was an inevitability that John Tory would win. Because the incumbency is hard to defeat. It's not even necessarily John Tory uh, as an individual politician. The incumbency is a hard thing to overcome. And now we've got a race that it's it's no incumbent.
2: Mm-hmm. It's it's sort of anyone's game. It's anyone's game. And um the thing that I'm really happy about is there there are a lot of new um counselors in there. There there's Amber from um, Ward 3 in Etobicoke. You know, she beat the incumbent, and then there's um there's um Jamal Myers uh, representing Melvern. And several others. And now is a it's it, it's I, I really believe Toronto's going to get that change that Toronto needs right now. And um, you know, to me, with this whole thing going on, you know, when people get caught for something, it's not usually a first offense. When you get your first speeding ticket, it wasn't the first time you sped.
0: That's true and um it 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 begs the question you know he got away with what happened with the encampments and and a bunch of other things the violence is out of control but it was an extramarital affair that that got him out of office um before we go on i just I have a tweet in front of me that I'm going to read. It's from uh, one of our former guests, Beth Levy. And uh, she says, just had a phone survey asking if John Tory ran again in the by-election. Would I consider supporting him? Is this actually something that he and his people are considering? Second chances, the arrogance, hashtag Teal poly. Your guys' thoughts? Reginald, you can go first.
2: Does that even make sense though to run again in the by-election <laughs> when he can just stay in power and not step down?
0: Well, Patrick Brown did it. Did he? Oh no my when, God. when he when so when all that thing when that whole big kerfuffle happened in 2018 and he resigned as the party leader when they were electing a new party, he put his name back in.
1: Oh, I didn't realize.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's it's the notion is ridiculous. And I agree. It's 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 very, very arrogant.
1: My my big thought is, you know, you can't you can't announce a resignation, walk it back and not expect to have the rest of your term basically be a mockery of of everything you're supposed to stand for. He's supposed to stand for the norms of the city, you know, the rules and all that. So he said he was gonna resign. So he's I he's gotta go. He made that declaration. I think he's gotta stick up, he's gotta go for it.
0: But then why is he, he he's gonna be the mayor for the budget and see it through and then resign? God, that sucks. Because he's a bastard.
2: So, so so he he announced a resignation, but it's not official until he a- actually submits it. So, um, so are you are you saying that his plan is going to be to stay in for another month or two and to make just to make sure that he, he pushes through his agenda? Well, I think the- he does have an obligation to people who supported him, and he does have an obligation to uh to Doug Ford because, you know he he's his puppet. And I think Doug Ford, he owes Doug Ford a few more moves before he steps out.
0: Well, I think they're voting on the budget this week. Am I am I right or wrong on that, guys? Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday's budget meeting, or council meeting. Okay. You know, originally, be- before all this stuff happened, we were having this episode not to celebrate, but to mark the 100 days since the new term began. And one of the things I wanted to do uh, was talk about, Um, I guess the one counselor you think has done the best job so far in the term. And then, um, and then Reginald, we got some, we got lots of questions for you, but I I just wanted to cover this quickly. Um, You can go first Reginald if you want. Oh, in regards to the counselors. Yeah. If you, if you, if you could pick one counselor who has impressed you since the new term began
2: since the new term began wow um after running for mayor um and the the months that i've been through uh the the amount of work i put in and everything i kind of stepped back from you know focusing so much on what was going on and just waiting to see what the changes were going to be right like i took a little trip to um vancouver to get out of the city um, came back and I've been doing other things that I've been working on. Um, so I haven't really been so much focused on what the counselors are doing or, or are not doing. So I, I don't really have much to say in with these counselors, but I'm really happy with the, with the change that I'm seeing at city hall.
0: And what about you, Philip?
1: Uh so I've been emailing them pretty consistently about the, uh, the warming centers. So uh, I've gotten some responses from some of the board of health uh, counselors, uh, specifically uh, Osma Malik and Gordon Perks, but uh, also, so that's also a shout out to um, Chris Moyes and Osma Malik as well. All, all of them voted for the 24 uh, seven warming centers, which I personally agree with. Uh, that's just my opinion um although that's four counselors and not one i guess uh i guess i gotta give it to uh Osma malik for being uh she responds to stuff as well as i
0: see her actively out and about i guess for me i would say Alejandro bravo which is not to take away from any of the other counselors i mean jamal myers and, and amber morley specifically have done really really great but There's just something about Alejandra Bravo. She's on point. She responds. And, um, you know, she actually cares about the city. So there's that. Uh, So, Reginald, moving along, I wanted to talk about... um, So you've made the decision to run. And I want to know if um, your platform is going to be different from the one you ran on during the election. If there's any tweaks you, uh, you want to make and any, um, I mean, we can go through it piece by piece, but uh, why why don't you start off with that first?
2: There are some differences, um, but pretty much we're still dealing with the same things we were dealing with a few months ago. Um, like the homelessness, reducing homelessness, um, the gun violence in the city, and um, putting more funding into the mental illness. Uh, I think those are the things that need to be addressed that were not being addressed during the eight years that um, that our friend was in office. And um, I feel that we don't need to be putting so much funding into the police, Right. What, what what's going to happen there is there's just going to be it's just going to fill up the detention centers and the jails in Toronto, spending more tax money on that. When we can be putting funds into the communities that need those funds into programming and community centers and and, and funding for the youths. That's See, what that's, not gonna find that's, any, that's, that's what's going to reduce crime is when we focus on investing money in the youth so that. You know, you know they have options instead of joining gangs and picking up guns and selling drugs. You know, there's other options for them.
0: I I hear your point, but uh, just to play devil's advocate for the for the people that are already gang members, um, and and even non-gang members, because a lot of violence happens in domestic situations. Um, mm-hmm. Are you a firm believer? I mean, I know it's not a municipal issue, but but we can ask the province and and and, and the federal government uh, for bail reform and stricter uh, punishments um, for for handguns. Basically, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, because I mean, we can round up all the the uh, the offenders that we want. But if they're gonna just be released on bail, I mean, what are we doing? We're shooting ourselves in the foot. And I do agree with you that, I mean, we've seen what uh, the, the police budget go up pretty much every year John Tory's been in office. And what has that solved? Nothing, it just keeps getting worse. Um. Uh, Phil, do you have uh, something you wanna add on this? Uh, before no, I, go I basically
1: again? just wanted to say, no, just, you know, uh, preaching to the choir. You know, we've been, we've been talking about you know, the not the uselessness of, <laughs> but it's the fact that it is just every year the budget goes up and, and we get nothing for Yeah, so it's it's clearly not it's not the solution. And if you think of it like logically in the sense that please don't prevent crime police react to crime so it's only you know after the fact so if we're interested in preventing crime obviously more police aren't the answer we
2: we and we need somebody who who can actually mediate between you know um what's going on in the streets and the police and i believe i'm that person to do that i'm the i'm the mediator i'm like i grew up in the streets i'm from the streets i wrote i wrote a book I'm, i don't know if you have this you have this matthew hold on let me let me uh how do i change this uh blur thing oh blur my background
0: <laughs> is that a, is that a new one or is that did you sh- i i'm, that, I'm trying to remember it. if you showed me a book in our one-on-one last time
2: i'm not sure Pro- probably not because when i was running i wasn't um, pushing the book right? okay but I'm gonna push it a little more now And um, this is my book, Memoirs of a Bad Boy. And um, I grew up in the city. And as mayor, people respect the mayor. That's one thing. That's a title that everybody respects. Right. Whether you're a gang member, whether you're a a street dealer, uh, whether you're a politician, a lawyer, a doctor, everybody respects the mayor. Right. And when with the respect that comes with the position of the mayor, I would actually sit down and and deal with these people directly and ask them what what are the needs in their communities you know because somebody may grow up a certain way and become someone um whether the, whether they're a gun dealer a drug dealer a gang member but they don't want their kids to grow up that way you know and as the mayor I will have discussions with people who have never discussed anything like this with a person in power before, and I will put all the tools together to make sure that I create safer neighborhoods you know and and that that's what they want for their kids i've I've ran an organization for several years where we went to different parts of the world the worst places in the world like um Brazil Honduras and whenever we went there we went there with uh school supplies and books and things that are going to better their community and we've never had issues in these dangerous places because they knew that we were there for their kids right so when we stepped in there and when i'm talking about honduras i'm talking about san pedro Sula, which was the murder capital of the world at the time that we went and we had the protection of the gang members and we never even met a gang member while we were there but they knew that we were there And they care about the future of their kids and they don't want their kids following down the path that they took. And the same thing goes with people who are here in Toronto who are committing these crimes and have kids. They don't want them going down that path. And as mayor of Toronto, I will make sure that I provide programs and, you know, alternatives for these kids instead of what they just see in their neighborhood.
0: That's... That is that is good. And in in terms of the social programs that you're referring to, um, are you talking about just more funding for the existing programs? Are you talking about adding a whole new slate of uh, programs and making them more accessible to anyone who who wants to sign up?
2: I would like to I would like to create programs that are just going to unite Toronto youths together right from all classes. Um, like kids in the hood, kids of Jane and Finch, Regent Park, Parkdale, um, you know, Malvern, uh, Galloway, you know, a lot of, like when I grew up, I loved hockey, ice hockey. I grew up in Regent Park, right? And I loved hockey, I was really good at it. But you know, we're taught that hockey is not for black people, you know, or certain sports are for rich people and they're not for other people. And I want to make that available for all young people. And it will be a networking tool so that when we make golf available for a 14-year-old kid in the projects who wants to play golf, that they can play golf and they can get the training. They could play hockey, lacrosse. And then that's networking because what they're doing is they're developing friends from different neighborhoods, from Rosedale and the upper end neighborhoods, that when they go to school, they already have these connections and then they can work together, start businesses together. You know, and, and they could see the different lifestyles that that we all live from from Rosedale to Parkdale, you know. Um, so that those are the type of programs that I want to I want to do if a kid wants to play golf or hockey or tennis, they shouldn't be restricted because of, you know, the the economics.
0: I absolutely agree. Um, Phil, do you have anything before we uh, move on to the next point?
1: No, oh, listen. I'm just, uh, I'm just interested uh, in the platform right now.
0: You got a lot going on. So, what do you say to the people, Reginald, that that say defund the police?
2: Well, that's 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 a, that's. A, I don't have a direct answer to defund. What do they mean by defund the police? Right, because we need the police. I agree. Uh,
0: but I mean, so they believe that uh, the, the there's a section of people that believe the, the police was, excuse me, was derived from slave owners, but there is also a section of people that think that, and, and I'm in that, I'm in this group where I think that the system is broken. And so not necessarily defunding the police, I think the budget's out of control and we should take 400 million away and put it in those social programs, but restructuring the police because the system is broken right now. And I, I would be very interested to see when they make up a police budget, what exactly it, uh, goes into that? How well, is it?
2: All, don't need to put more money into, into the police. What we need to do is we need to get rid of the corrupt police, the, the the aggressive police, the police who abuse their authority, and then replace them with police that are just going to do their job the way the job's supposed to be done. So I'll also focus on that uh, abuse of power, and that was in my platform as well. And when I'm talking about abuse of uh, people who are in authority that abuse their power, whether they be police officers, landlords, or employers, Right. I'm going to target that as well.
0: I see. And another hot button issue that has come up because of the the vote that took place at the end of, or I guess was earlier this month, uh, bike lanes. Uh, Where do you fall on the issue of bike lanes? Do you want to get rid of them or add more or just leave what we have? I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say.
2: The bike lanes on the Danforth are a disaster. I, I I had a store, um, Raina Women's Fashion, right on two uh two thirty-eight Danforth uh Avenue, right there. Okay. And in my camera, I have a woman that's just getting hit by one of those um, you know, those e-bikes yep. that they drive there. She's a passenger, and passengers are not as conscious as um uh, as um or cautious as as drivers, right? So she just gets out walks into the bicycle lane and gets hammered with this guy on a on a e E e-bike okay bangs her head on the ground i have that all on video from my store um there's no parking it eliminates the parking on the danforth so i would just i wouldn't get rid of bike lanes but i would i would um definitely recreate them Uh, I think that we need certain lights too. So for cars that are turning right and the bikes that are going forward, like at least Amber lights that are flashing that directs drivers to know that there's bicycles coming by. It could even be a sensor that when there's a bicycle coming, then the flashing lights go off. And then the car knows not to just make the right turn and hit the guy in the bike. So there's, there's, we need to make them more safe, But, but I like bicycle lanes. I've, I've, rode my bike on them and I've seen the good and I've seen the bad, but they just need to be safer for everybody. You know, I think in general, it's, it sounds
1: like more of just an indictment of the infrastructure of our city in general. Like I think uh, bike lanes when done right. Um, like uh, during the campaign for, uh, I ran for city councilor. Uh, I did a couple of bike rides for some uh, uh, one on some bike lanes, which I thought was great. And one, I did a bike ride that was kind of like deep into Scarborough. The idea, of course, being the idea of a connected bike lane would make it great because I got to tell you, biking on the road is terrifying, but that could just be me. I don't know about you guys. Uh, but I do think in general, uh, it's just an indictment of our city's infrastructure. It's uh, a what? Oh, it's an indictment of our city's infrastructure.
2: Especially, Did you see the ones on Parliament Street? Uh, no. Horrible. What's going on there? They just come out, and then they have these wooden uh, tree things that come out, and um, and there's oh, a the lot planters? of space, and yeah, Parliament and the Danforth. The Danforth is dangerous. The Parliament Parliament is is um is just a nuisance to, to drive down. For for me, I'll say
0: you know I, I'm a truck driver, and um, so I, I drive. all all the time. And, uh, you know, recently I've been doing a lot of deliveries in the downtown Toronto and I had to say, um, some, some cyclists think they own the road. And I I don't say that lightly, you know, there have been plenty of times where I'm making a right hand turn and I'm waiting for the people to, to cross and a bike would just zip right by me and get offended. If, if I I am trying to make the turn, and if and if I don't stop and let them go by, they get really offended. And then there's other times where I'm stopped at a light, and it's a red light, but there's no traffic going the other way, so the bike just zooms right through. And and that they wonder why people don't like cyclists. Oh um, going forward, we got to talk about the Gardner Expressway. Um, I I for the life of me, I I can't remember if we discussed it or what we talked about, uh, in terms of that, but, um, I got to ask if you'd be in favor of, uh, tearing the elevated portion down and, uh, you know, because the city of Toronto has $2 billion in its reserves right now. And they intend to use that. Sorry, let me correct myself. John Tory before he resigned, uh, was going to use that to rehabilitate the gardener for the uh expansion that's going on at uh at Ontario place and I'm just wondering uh what side of the fence you fall on
2: uh for that with the gardener? Yeah. Uh, with the gardener if we remove the elevated part, I think there's going to be more traffic, right? Uh more congestion. So I I I don't think we should move the elevated part of the gardener, but my plan, my platform when I ran um, was to, to make, um, to create a system of the ferries that go from downtown Toronto to Burlington, to Oakwood, Oakville, sorry, Oakville, um, Burlington, Mississauga, and they sort of like the New York system. Right. Where you have the cars on the bottom and then the passengers on the top and that will reduce traffic um, during rush hour, morning rush hour, uh, evening rush hour. So that and it would be a great view too. like people would take it just for the the view of it. When I went to New York, I took the boat across the Long Island just to just to see New York, you know. Um, so if we have a ferry system similar to the one in New York, I think we can cut down on the congestion on the Gardner.
0: That's actually a good idea. And it's,
2: um, it's less costly than building a bridge.
0: It's just that, you know, I mean, Phil and I covered on a previous episode that, um, if you consider Toronto to be a world-class city, it's the only city that I'm aware of that has a highway, a 400 series highway streaming through the downtown, uh, uh, portion. No other city has that. Um, and it's, it just, it complicates matters, um,
2: you're saying we should get rid of it
0: i'm I'm, if it didn't cost so much to rehabilitate it i might feel differently the the price tag is is what i have an issue with because um you see i was gonna run um i really on friday when that came out i'm like okay this is the time this is maybe i should run and um, I had been playing around with it, as as I I, I told you during the last election, I, I felt like I wanted to run, uh, but I'm not going to run. I already uh, announced that. So, but what I wanted to That's do good, was I
2: don't want to run against you, man. <laughs> what I <laughs> wanted to
0: do was scrap the uh, uh, the the Gardener rehabilitation and take that two billion dollars and restore every unhoused person's former life. That and doing that, every unhoused person would get a place to live. They would become a taxpayer by proxy, and and they would become a, a contributing member of society. You know, pretty much all the way around. And I, I truly believe in that. Uh, I, I believe that you know we have not. We have the, the city of Toronto has. Uh, mistreated the vast majority of the unhoused population in this city. So, at the very least, I think this is something that we owe them. I don't know how you feel about that, but that, that's how I feel. And thats that would have been one of my planks, and I would have challenged any other candidate
2: to pledge the same thing. And, and that's what I ran on... In the election, you know, for the homeless, uh, the home. My heart goes out to the homeless. You know, I spend time down there, um, down at Allen Gardens, talking to them, and you know, and one thing about, you know, the campaign rules. They have these campaign rules, and that's so that's why it's so hard to beat an incumbent because of the campaign rules that they have. Like when when you look at the campaign rules when it comes to putting up lawn signs um when can you put up the lawn signs that's like eight days before the 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 pre-voting the pre- you know the pre-voting eight the early, days.
0: yeah the early voting yeah
2: the early voting who's gonna know anybody when you put up lawn and how are you gonna put up lawn signs eight days all over the entire city of three million people right and then the lawn signs come in late that's the one of the issues that I had and um But the point of me even talking about the rules is because I represent the homeless people. I don't think there's anyone who represented the homeless people the way I represented the homeless people by visiting them and um, hearing their concerns and actually want to invest in changing things. Right. And now I want to know your view on this, guys. Um, I went to the homeless shelters. And you know how you can go to the condo when you're running for any office, you can go into the condos, you can go into the gated communities, you can go into any building and they can't tell you that you can't campaign. You're allowed to go to every door and talk to everybody. Right. Now going to the, um, the homeless shelters, and I'm talking about these hotels that they had them, that they spent it 300 and something, hundred million dollars that they had them staying in these hotels. Right. Um, when I went, they wouldn't let me in to talk to the the residents there, and those were the people that wanted me to to come and represent them because the whole plan was to talk to them and to get them to get together. And on voting day, we're going to have vans and we're going to bring them to the to the polls to to go vote. But Reginald. you're not allowed in the in the um in the homeless shelters.
1: You know who the, had the exact same uh, situation as you play out. Uh, Ward 21 counselor candidate uh Carrie Van Velu, Uh he was a guest of ours on the show.
2: How many he Ward 21 same... which area is that again? That's Scarborough Center, I believe. Okay. Scarborough Center.
1: Uh, but yeah, I remember uh I was paying attention during the campaign. Um he was he was going to um it was the you know the the Toronto community housing. And, uh, he, he was trying to get in. And I remember I saw those tweets and I thought like, Oh, cause I remembered the city of Toronto had the forms that let you enter condos, like what you were saying. So I thought he was just missing those forms. So I sent them along his way. I'm like, all right, Carrie, you're good now. And then, you know, he documented his inability to access his places, just like what you're talking about. So yeah, it's, uh, Yeah. Uh,
2: they're voters. We've, we've talked about this. They're voters. Yeah. They're the shelters. They're they're voters and they want to vote and they don't know who to vote for. Absolutely. And most people don't even consider them, don't want to visit them. They want to wear two masks and stay eight feet away from them and not consider them. Yeah. Um, that's what's gonna change the city too. By by exactly what Matthew said, we got to give them, you know, employment and, uh, and get them working and get them out there.
0: You guys, I just seen another tweet uh, by another person who's basically saying the same thing. Just got a, a telephone poll, a phone call asking whether, um, asking whether John Tory should resign immediately or complete his term and um, if, if you would vote for him in a by-election, if you feel he deserves a second chance as mayor, if you're aware of his personal mistake he made, that's in quotations, and if you approve of the job John Tory's done. Sorry to interrupt this, but I, I wanted to let you know that. Um, I am beyond upset. You know, the two words that were missing i will get back we'll get back to this in a second i just wanted to because i just saw this the two words that were missing from his resignation speech on friday was effective immediately those were the two words that were missing and i don't know why i didn't pick up on it on friday um we made the i'll speak for myself i made the mistake of taking him at his word which <laughs> I should know by now. We can't do. <sighs> so disappointing. Sorry. So, um, Reginald, there's there's one other thing I wanted to ask. Um, there is an idea, a concept, um, creating what is called fifteen minute cities. And uh, I don't know how much you know about that. Um, from what I can understand, it's living in a portion of the city or, or neighborhood or block or whatever it is, and everything you could possibly need is within 15 minutes. Your doctor, your grocery store, your pool, your park, your job—I guess I don't know. Um, everything, yes. everything you would need would be in Would be, but then the flip side is that from what i've heard from what i've read actually let me correct that from what i've read and again i could be wrong but on this i don't think i'm wrong um eventually they would be they would uh assign fines for you going outside your 15 minutes because you're extending your carbon footprint and i'm just wondering I mean, the whole thing of, of everything being accessible to, uh, to you within 15 minutes. It sounds like a nice thing, but not if it's going to come along with this um, this whole punishment fine thing. And I'm just wondering um, if you know about it and, and anything
2: you want to say about it. I've, I've never heard of that before, but this is Toronto. Everything is within 10, 15 minutes away from any neighborhood that you're in, in this city. But to make to make uh, uh, some to penalize somebody for for stepping out, and getting like if I want to go to a different Walmart as opposed to my Walmart, then I'm going to get penalized for that. Oh, it sounds like the mark of the beast to me.
0: You know, it's funny. Phil and I were talking about this earlier, and instead of Walmart, I actually used McDonald's as my example.
2: <laughs> oh. Phil, any LCBO because you got some small LCBOs that they don't carry everything that you need. So, you know, what's going to happen if you got to go to the bigger one down, down on Morningside, you know.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. The one
2: by the Scarborough Town Center.
0: (laughs) Phil, is there anything you want to add before we
2: move on? How how would they they actually do that, though?
0: Well,
1: that's the thing. (laughs) So what I want to say is, like, uh, anyone who seriously, you know, wants to, the idea of the 15-minute city, it's not, I think, actually, Matthew, hearing you kind of, like, lay it out the way you phrased it, I think I realized where the idea of the, the finding when you leave the zone comes from. Because the people who are talking about 15-minute cities actually, you know, no one's talking about uh implementing like fines for leaving zones it's just it's just a design philosophy it's not about it's not about these sectors or whatever but but the way that you said that matthew i feel like i can understand where some people might think of it as a slippery slope towards that sort of thing you know where they where at first it's a design philosophy that then um And to be clear, nobody who's advocating for fifteen minute cities, you know, is talking about these sorts of restrictions where you get fined if you leave like the city. But I would understand if some people were distrustful of that and thought perhaps that that leads to a slippery slope towards finding. You know what I'm saying?
2: So if they were they were going to actually implement this, then they would have to have something in your credit card or something so that when you tap. It it has your address already, and it gives you like what ten cents more that you have to pay for something that you're purchasing, or twenty five cents because it's out of your zone. But but well, I, I no, because they right wouldn't now, do that. Um, you know what? I th- I think another way. This is a little bit off topic. If you if you don't mind, <coughs> yeah, right. Um, is I believe that we should um have more tolls on the highways, and I'm not talking about um, charging Torontonians. I'm talking about people who live out in Pickering and Whitby and Ajax and Mississauga and Oakville, and they work in the city. They can pay a dollar twenty-five to get into the city to come to work, and then another dollar twenty-five to leave the city.
0: Yeah, they're not paying for infrastructure. That's interesting. You know, another form of that. I don't know if we covered this, Reginald, but I want to let you know. Um Pickering has no hospital. So the people of Pickering, if they need medical care and they don't want to go to Ajax, they always come to Scarborough. I believe it's uh is it Scarborough Grace is closer to the border, Phil? I believe no, no, no. Oh, actually, no, no, I think you're right.
1: Scarborough Grace is uh the north edge, right?
2: Where is yeah. that um, is that that's in um agent court. Yeah, Aging Court area. Yeah, I think my daughter was. Yeah, my daughter was born there. Is that the one? Yeah,
0: I didn't know. If oh, you my were... brother is born there.
2: Wait, I didn't know what, if you what, were aware of, of that. Idea.
0: Sorry. The
1: Scarborough Grace.
2: Yeah, it starts with a B, right? It's um, Bur... Birchmount. Is... No, it... Birchmount, Birchmount, right? Birchmount Finch. Yeah, yeah, my daughter. Yeah.
0: yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I always, you know, I I would never be one to um, deny care, but it's just like our hospitals are already overloaded and now we're going to take Pickering's uh, um, medical issues. Um, I would just like to see, you know, is it too much to ask Doug Ford to, hey, you know, while you're getting all this money, can you build a hospital in Pickering and take some of the heat off of Toronto?
2: Well, well, John Tory wouldn't ask Ford anything like that, you know, it's, it's, John, it's Doug Ford that tells Tory what to do.
0: Yes, it, uh, you are right. <laughs> so I, I did want to ask you, I, I, you don't, you don't have to answer, but <laughs> I, I did want to ask you about the debate, uh, anything that you wanted to share about it. Um, I mean, we all saw it, and um, I could just give you the floor, whatever you want to say. Which debate? The Toronto uh, Region Board of Trade debate, where you... Board of Trade, okay. Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the one that they excluded me from. Yes. Well, first of all, everything was just designed for John Tory to stay in office, Right. Um, there was another debate that was in Regent Park as well. And um, I wasn't invited to that debate. Why wasn't I invited to that debate? I grew up in Regent Park, right? Um, who's who's going to be better to speak on the topics of that area than somebody who grew up there, right? Um, now, if you look at the debates that they had, okay, there was uh, Gil Penalosa, he was in them um there was chloe and of course there was um john tory and then you had the two other extras like in a movie when you have extras right <laughs> um so what they wanted to do they wanted to keep it diverse is that was their reasoning they want to keep the, the base diverse so what they put in an asian person and then they put in an and then. An, uh and, well, actually they're both Asian because one was like I think it was Pakistani and the other was um was uh Chinese. I'm not exactly sure, right? But they're keeping, it they're keeping oh, no. it-
0: for the for the Board of Trade it was uh it was S- uh Stephen uh um Yeah
2: yeah it, that's is he he's Pakistani Lassie. or something, right?
0: Yeah, and the other person was Sarah Kleiman Hag.
2: No, it was Jack. Jack. In the first, uh, in the first one, the sit down one, yes, was- that was Jack. Oh, we're thinking of. Uh, I believe he's wasn't? like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they 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 made it appear as if it's going to be okay, racially diverse, okay, but um, they weren't choosing. Like for me, I'm very vocal and I'm not afraid to address issues, and they weren't giving me the media exposure that they sh- that they were giving to the other some of the other candidates right and it's because of my this my strong difference in views that i had with Tory. so they wanted the debate to go a certain way so they chose the people that to be on the debate to go the way that they wanted it to go right and um i just wasn't having it and um and i got up and i and i made sure that they knew that i was there because i'm running for mayor of toronto and everybody's going to know and this race is going to be different as i said the eclipse is gone and the sun's coming out
0: and uh to end i just want to ask you you know what separates you from the pack um this is your take as long as you want
2: separates me from the pack is um is heart Um, I have heart and I'm not afraid to represent the people. It doesn't matter how unpopular the topic is or what needs to be done. I'm going to do it. I represent the homelessness ish, like the, the people that are struggling financially, those who are on the street in this cold weather. Um, you know, I, I'm for putting funding into the mentally ill and, um, creating affordable housing and I'm, I'm for the people. That's what, that's what separates me. You know, there's other candidates who ran who have the same belief as me. I'm not going to really call out any names. Right. But there was one in particular that had, we pretty much had the same type of platform. Right. But he was for one particular community. Right. We call him, I don't know, like the Jane and Finch community, the black community, but there was, there was no reach over into the other communities. Like how do we work with the white community, the Asian community, the Portuguese community, the Spanish community, he was for one community and he believed in a lot of the same, I don't even think there's anything that we ever, we really differed on in terms of um our policies and, and our platform. Right. But Um, but you can't lead Toronto that way. You have to be in tune with everybody and you have to be able to, to understand all people and represent all people, speak for all people. And those who have too much of a voice who are dominating and controlling, you need to be able to speak to them or against them. And then you have to be able to speak for the people who have no voice against the people who are hollering.
1: No, you know, Reginald, it's ah uh, you know, I never met you before now. It's nice to get a chance to talk to you. I actually uh, I will say somewhere I do have your door hanger flyer because you did canvas at ah uh, one of the buildings I work at. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a concierge uh, downtown, so so i I've seen ah uh, I've seen your door hangers.
2: okay, good, good. All right. As I said, we worked hard, man. There's three million people, over three million people in Toronto. My team was small. Uh, our funding was small, but we we put out a lot, a lot of work, and now uh, it's going to be a different story.
0: Well I want to thank you so much for, for coming on and, and uh lending your voice. We always want to hear what uh, what former candidates and, and future candidates have to say. <laughs> now future candidates. Um and you I know looking
2: forward to seeing these guys again, man. I, I I had this bond with these guys, you know, and yeah, it, it was fun. It was actually fun, stressful and fun. But I, I think I like I, I'm more clear with this right now and ready to go like um yeah i've even been going to the gym a lot you know got a lot of energy man so we're not stopping we're going all the way
0: that's amazing and you know phil and i wish you all the luck and uh you know we'll see what happens next in this crazy turn of events that we're living through all right so that was reginald Tull. uh he's a very interesting man to talk to phil sure enough uh
1: now, not this isn't you know. To disappointing about Reginald Tull. it's disappointing that we did expect uh, quite a few more people tonight, who uh, I guess decided
0: uh, it wasn't worth their time. Well, what do you expect when you challenge Blake Acton? He does not show up, and I will. Oh, right, I forgot about that. I will remind him on Twitter. I'll be on Twitter later, and I will remind him that he missed his opportunity to go one-on-one with me. He seems to think that, I. I you know what, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but <laughs> the, the, the general sense that I get is that, you know, if, if, if he can talk to me, he's going to be able to pull me over to his side and convince me. And that's just not going to happen. I mean, that would require him to show up and to talk to us. Correct. I, I'm I mean,
1: de- not that, uh, no,
0: not that it would be. No, it I'm a little. Happen. I'm a little disappointed that your political grandfather didn't show up. But you know, with this impending by election, maybe that's going to happen. Uh, things have been kind of thrown around, and so I just I want to go back to what we were talking about with Reginald with with John Tory actually. Uh, Rescind his res- resignation.
1: So here's here's my oh, fuck. It's a hard it's a hard question because I I've I've said this in a lot of different ways and I probably said this yesterday too. Is um, him just because other politicians wouldn't have resigned over this does not mean it's not appropriate for John Tory to resign over this. This is a resign worthy thing. Now, having said that, a lot of other politicians feel no shame, especially in Canada, and I I feel like John Tory could sort of stop and be like, "I don't need to have shame. None of these other guys do. Fuck it. Never mind. I'm the mayor still. Fuck you guys." But I, if John Tory wants his image to be, and I know he's already fucked that up by fucking but um you know he wants his image to be i'm the guy who follows the rules and gets things done by the book then you gotta you gotta go you said you're gonna resign so you have to resign i think that's just at this point we just have to um
0: you know talk to his nobility which is pathetic Can I ask you your opinion on something? Let's, for argument's sake, say he doesn't resign. What happens? Not only... No, actually, fuck it, let's (laughs) say it. What what happens to the rest of the term? How can anybody take this guy seriously?
1: And that's sort of the thing that I think of. I think um, if any of the counselors have a backbone... uh, I think they would refuse to show up to council chambers, refuse to have quorum. Uh just don't give this guy an inch. Don't give him nothing until he just he said he's going to quit. So you make him stand by his word.
0: Let me ask you, um, because I, you didn't uh, say anything when I when I asked Reginald, w- those two words missing, um, effective immediately, were were you surprised that he didn't say those or were you, it didn't hit you right away that he didn't say those two words?
1: I think it's, it's one of those things where who I am as a person, I don't look, I wouldn't look for that sort of thing to be missing, but as soon as he pointed out, it's like, Oh, uh, he hasn't quit already. And he didn't say that. Uh, So it, John Tory is very careful with his words.
0: I agree. I also don't believe he wrote his speech, but that's just my opinion.
1: Well, it was very weird. It was just like a, it was it was essentially the the bits from the Toronto Star story, like the the lines that he gave them, and then followed by the sentence, "I resign." Well, you know, more complicated than <clears throat> that, but still.
0: So to our listeners, I mean, I hope we are going to have some sort of, um, is it resolution? I don't know if resolution, maybe an answer, an answer by the time we are coming to you guys next week. Also next week, we are going to have former candidate Jenny Warden on the show. What? What? I'm very. Like I'm very interested to talk to her. She's one of the um, candidates that I I could not fit into my schedule. I can't remember what happened, but I just didn't. I never got to talk to her. So I'm looking forward to uh, talking to her. You know, I follow her on Twitter. She seems like a very, very smart. You know, it's would it be almost worth it for a mayor Bradford just to get Jenny Warden into city? No, for for, (laughs) as much as I want Jenny Warden as part of city council, having a mayor Bradford, I don't know if
1: we (laughs) have to have a listen, let's think of it. Then the let's flip it around. Let's think of it. The alternative. If we have to have a mayor Bradford, then we can think of that as the positive.
0: I see your, I see your point. All right. Well, you know, it's always great to do the show with you. You know you're a great partner in crime, and and then you know what we're going to open it up because by then we should have an answer on whether or not there will be a by-election and we'll be able to host different candidates. How does that sound? I mean, I'm
1: I'm happy with that. I mean, we've got we've got stuff to look forward to.
0: Yes. Uh, next week, you know, when Jenny Warden's here, we'll be able to talk about all uh, the council meetings from from last week and this week, and maybe we'll get a resolution, you know. Um, maybe he wants the budget to be passed as his last act before he does go, but I don't understand the polling part of it. That actually really upsets me that he's... It's frustrating. It's very frustrating but uh, you know if if you have nothing else to add then uh, I suggest maybe we get out of here. What do you think? I think uh, I think we're good for a Monday. all right so to our listeners thank you thank you so much for for tuning in. Uh, you can catch me at Matthew King 511 on Twitter. The show is uh, the the municipals pod or some shit like that on Twitter. Um, You can catch Phil. He's PJ for TO on Twitter. Guys, if you like our stuff, um, I have another podcast called This Time in History. It's on Spotify, everywhere but Apple. This show's on everywhere but Apple because, well, fuck Apple. Um, Fuck (laughs) Apple. So for Phil, you know, thank you guys for, for tuning in and we'll see you next week. This is the municipal have you been
1: paying attention to like city stuff?
0: Don't vote, can't pitch. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. My answer is that would be yes and no.
1: My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at
0: the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to vote. Ult-